I'm preaching out of the, um, the feeling of what Groundswell did for Friday night. Um, I really sense that that was a significant event, 1600. It's gone to another level, Andrew, 1600 young people. The place wasn't big enough, in fact, and uh, Dan was there on guitar, Jamie was singing. Our C3 people were included in that, and Garth did say the Hillsong guy came up and uh, spoke, and it was, it was a powerful event. And, and I honestly think that, for me, young people... For me, young people represent energy, um, and, and energy is phenomenal. Um, you know, energy is phenomenal. Um, it's energy, I believe, in the young people that we need in the church. Um, it's a zeal, it's an anointing. It's, it's a real energy that, that can really um, sort of speak to me on terms of, um, you know, are we lively in God? Are we awake in God? Are we on the front foot or on the back foot of indifference? Uh, Phil Pringle does talk about being on the front foot of worship, you know, and, um, and I would like to think that this church is on the front foot that we're not on the back foot of indifference. I know we're in days where we feel like maybe things haven't come to pass and, and we're a little bit disappointed and discouraged, especially some long-termers. But I know this, when I feel God's anointing coming upon me, it all comes flooding back to me, this vision for the last day's harvest in particular and God to really sweep across our nation and, and, uh, and the nations. And there is a last day's harvest, by the way, and we are actually in the last days, the last moments of the last days. And we can't pretend through passivity that we are living in days of peace. There, there's some context from where I'm going to preach from. As I said before, we're living in the most difficult time since World War II of what's happening in terms of the, you know, uh, what do they call it, that, that, that whole war, the Muslim thing, uh, help me, Dan, the jihad, you know, the, there's a third wave of jihad that declared it upon the Western world and, and, um, and of course, but besides that, everything else you see on the news, I mean... Lawlessness is running rampant, um, and, and we cannot pretend for one minute that we have peace. Um, we, we've got to understand this, that we, we, it, it demands a response from us to bring peace, maybe by engaging war, by, by, by activating our, our, our spirit of of declaring and praying and bringing real peace to pass rather than just this appeasement of pretending it's all right when it's not. So I want to just, in that context, I want to say, Lord God, this morning, I pray that these scriptures and that this word would speak to us and bless us and activate us to believe 
in what you are saying and what you are doing and what you are, what you are asking us to do in these days, which I believe the number one thing is to pray and to build the church, to get on fire for God. And let that zeal consume you, guys. Let that zeal consume you. And so, God, right now I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Good stuff. That does sound good, Tim. That, by the way, and Graham, that does sound very good. Again, um, thanks for the guys that did the, the back room. That was great. Awesome. Fantastic. Craig, you're awesome. Dave, uh, fantastic. Last week I talked about more or less persevering faith, that things don't come easy. This is very testimonial of Julie and Phil's life and how this church eventuated. That it didn't come easy, that it was by persevering. That it was persevering against all odds. And, and, and I'll prove to you by a few scriptures here to start off with. Then I'll go to a story, an Old Testament story, about passivity in terms of bringing God's victory or bringing half a victory. And I, I believe it's, it's a message for the Christian church right now. I think we are at, in this threat of being lulled to sleep. And what God is trying to do desperately, against all odds really, because these are days where there's so much, you know, there's so much, uh, you know, appeasement uh, to bring us to a place of just niceness. But I think it's not days to be just nice. It's days to activate your war mode. And you, know, you, you, you touch one of these mother's kids and you watch them come to war. You, you, oh, I'm, a peace, I'm a pacifist. You know, Jesus was a peaceful person. No, he was absolutely brutal with demons. He would, you know, he would, he would cast them out and, you know, and, and he was always in war mode, by the way, Jesus. Even, the, you know, even though he was with sinners and hanging out laughing with them, he was always ready. You know, to not react, but to respond and deal with any crises at hand. And this is what he, this is how he taught the disciples. He taught them to have that authority, that vigilance, that absolute awareness and discernment of spirit. And that, and that you can take that into your personal life, where you find yourself at in your personal life, in your busy days, and how you see things and how you discern things and environments, movies that you watch, be very discerning or what movies that you watch and, and who, what friendship you keep in, hanging out with. You know, be very discerning and be very vigilant because God wants you to be on the front foot of having, having this faith. I've called this message Embracing the Fight of Faith. Last week we talked about persevering faith. I did. I talked about it's a call of God. And I talked about the difference between I talked about the difference between Christ's love, ministering in Christ's love, which is a lot of friendliness and hospitality and being generous of heart, but then there's a, a war mode dealing with the enemy that comes against us and comes against the people we know. And so there's a difference, there's a difference. And, and those people who understand this message know that difference. So Hebrews 6.12, just grab these scriptures down. I hope you've got them. I hope you've got a pad and pen and 
Just jot these down. Hebrews 6.12 says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience, patience, another version says perseverance, say perseverance, inherit what has been promised. I told you last week, took us a year and a half to get that loan through. Through faith and patience and persevering. Uh, per, the word perseverance is, comes from the word severe, severity. And, and we've got to do that. We've got to understand that doesn't come easy, the promises of God. Um, Ephesians 5.14, there is a prophetic stirring there is a prophetic stirring to the church and it is about the passive spirit as opposed to being awake in God and, and being actively participating in your calling and in the life of your church and in your, your life with God. It's about being on the front foot engaged. So that's my message right there. Passive spirit versus embracing the fight, uh, the fight of faith. Ephesians 5.14 says this, For it is light that makes everything visible. And I think there's glimmers of light. I think there's, there's light shining down. And we're seeing it. It's like, you know when you see the, the light shining through the clouds and, you know, there's darkness. We know that. But, but there is actually light. And I think there was a huge strong light shining down at Terrigal sports stadium Friday night and there's a huge light shining here at C3 Tugra and and, and every good church on the central coast there's light and when you come under that light guess what happens you have you are at high risk of being awakened do you know what I'm saying because it's in darkness is where you're lulled to sleep so let's have a look at it for it is light he makes everything visible this is why it is said wake up O sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you I love that stuff be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand that the Lord's will is do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit what a great last Sunday night we had when Garth preached Julie gave testimony and again we talked about the anointing. We talked about these are the days to get filled. And the whole altar was filled, man. We had a huge turnout last Sunday night. And the altar from that side to that side were, were absolutely filled with people. And they were filled and blessed. It is the days to be filled with God's Spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? Get filled yourself. Pray for yourself and, you know, fill yourself up. You know, it's great to come here and get filled, but you've got to fill yourself up. Um, speak, I love this, 19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Encourage each other, you know. And even when we come together, we're singing songs of, of praise and singing songs of deliverance over each other and over our circumstances. Encourage each other. Speak well of each other. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Ephesians 5.21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Meaning submit, hey, let's submit to each other in, out of reverence for Christ as a church. Let's submit to each other out of reverence for Christ as a church. But as a family, as your family, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. Make sure you're traveling well with your family, with your church. That's what I see out of that. 
Praise God. Luke 8.15 says, Jesus taught his disciples to bear fruit with perseverance. To bear fruit with perseverance. Folks, I think it was no accident the Lord led us that hard journey of acquiring the finances. That is going to be a testimony to our, our generations. That is going to be a testimony. God's going to turn all that around for good. Although there was, there was you know, there was stuff there that shouldn't have may, may have happened, but it happened and so be it. We won the day. We stood fast and with persevering faith, we received the promise that was due this church. And I think that's what we need in our personal life. More scripture. Paul said, Galatians 4.19, Bear this in mind, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I love that scripture. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Now I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. When I read that scripture, I think Phil Pringle. I think of a guy that gets up at 4.30 every morning and beats his body into submission and it will pray. It will pray. He's going to walk that beach. He does it every morning, D.Y. Beach. He walks that beach and then he engages his day and he works 18 hours a day. He only sleeps four or five hours a night, apparently. I I couldn't do that, but that's what he does. He's He's an athlete. He's an artist, he's a, he, he's, a, he's a prophet, he's a teacher, he's a minister. He has beat his body into submission to discipline his body to be an absolute general for the Lord's army. And that's who we serve, Pastor Phil Pringle and his vision. We serve a man like that. We don't serve a CEO of a, of a franchise. We serve a man of God who prays, who prays, who prays. That's who C3R, amen? And that's what I love about him, and that's why we joined the movement. He's a man of prayer, he's a man of integrity, and he has beat his body into submission. Anyway, many people, and I quoted this last week, many people will comfortably read the promises of God. Many people will read, but you know what? Julie and I, when we read the promises of God, we were foolish enough to believe them. And so we ran our church on the premise that the Word of God was true. And we thought if we could just lay hands on that sick person, that, that, that demonized person, that they would be set free in an instant and they would be released and delivered. And I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved that innocent faith. That's where we used to live. We actually used to believe like that. And I still do believe like that, but you know what I mean? My innocence has been somewhat tainted. And it's up to us to get our innocence back and believe with faith, Christ-like, childlike faith, and believe in the Word of God and believe in our God that He can do what He can do. Do you know what I'm saying? And say, oh, I've seen that happen. No, that doesn't work. Yeah, I gave once. That doesn't work. Yeah, I worship. That doesn't work. No, man, you've got to keep pressing in like a child and keep believing with faith that that the church is good, that God is good. And so I love that. We are called to possess the promises and walk in them. I love that talk. See, it's like this. Being saved is one thing. When you gave your life to Jesus, your spirit was saved. There's nothing you can do more for it. That's thank you for the sacrifice of Christ. He saved your spirit. 
your spirit is sanctified, justified, it's absolutely blessed. Your soul, on the other hand, is another thing. You've got to get your soul saved. Amen? You've got to get your soul saved. And that's where, the, um, that's where the persevering faith kicks in right there, right there, right there. That stuff that's hanging off you. That stuff, that's why they call the battle of the mind. Joyce Meyer's famous book, The Battle of the Mind. It's a battle, man, to rid you of some of the thoughts that you have. The thoughts that take you left field from God. That take you left field from all that God wants for you. It's a battle, man, but it can be won in God. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a battle to rid you of these vices that have been hanging off you. Not only just off you, but off your generations. Maybe your, your parents were stingy. Now you're stingy. Now your parents were sick all the time. Now you're sick all the time. These are generational curses that you've got to deal with and take to with faith, persevering faith, and say, they're coming down. God, you gave me spiritual weapons. You gave me the authority of Christ. I fear you and I love you. I hate sin. I love God. I want to deal with that stuff. It's a bit like that. That's what I did. Man, man, my life was crazy. It was all over the joint, man. I was living a rock and roll lifestyle and partying and raging and doing crazy stuff. And, and then I, I, when I got saved and I realized King Jesus was the commander of the host of, of, of heaven, I said, man, I'm following him, man. I'm following him. I'm not following Jim Morrison or Jimi Hendrix into the pit of hell, man. I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus, man. What do I have to do to follow Jesus? Well, you've got to get rid of that. You've got to, yeah, I'll get rid of that. And it wasn't anybody telling me that. But it was the Holy Spirit saying, God's not pleased with that. God's not going to work with that one. God's not going to, God can't work with that. And progressively, with great discipline and faith, like this scripture says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. You can see Paul is warring in the spirit. He's warring in faith until Christ is perfected in his good people that he's praying for. It doesn't happen by just saying, oh, bless them. You know, it happens by you warring for yourself too. Is this making sense? Being saved is one thing, but being an overcomer is another. How many times is the word overcomer mentioned in the book of Revelations? Check it out. Who did their homework last week? How many times is it mentioned? Those who overcome will get. Those who overcome shall be. Those who overcome will sit at the right hand of God. Those who overcome. Man, it's, it's about overcoming. It's about overcoming. Sometimes you've got to go to war on some of these things. I don't know how it happened, but I went to war on my love handles. And I, man, I've had these love handles for years. But you know what? They're going in Jesus' name. I've, the doctor roused on me, said, you've got to come off the, you know, your sweet stuff. You're, you're a guy like sweet stuff, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I like cakes. And that, you know. Who dubbed you? A bit Gail Balding dubbed me in. This is Dr. Oxley. He said, you've got to come, man. Every, you're going to live to 110, but you've got, to, you've got to do something about what is that stuff called? Cholesterol. And I've been doing something about it. I've been taking that fish oil stuff, and I've been drinking low-fat milk. I've been a whole milk drinker, man, all my life. Whole milk. Give me a whole milk. You know, give me a light milk. <laughs> now I'm drinking light milk. But 
<laughs> we got to get a war on our bodies sometimes. Oh my God, a friend in America said that, Jeff Beecham, he's going to war right now and dealing with his battle of health. We got to go to war. God wants us to go to war sometimes. There's a war mode in us. You think it's not in there, but it is. There's a war mode. And if man, it, it, it's, if, you've got a, if you've got a love mode, you've got a war mode. Now, if you've got cold love and you don't care what happens to your kids, your family, your wife, your, your marriage, your church, yeah, that's, well, you've got no war mode. You'll just turn your back and walk away. But if you've got a, a, a love mode, like these guys had for our storeroom out the back there, you know, that's, an, that's, that's it, man. David, he, God says, you've got a big battle. I want to vanquish all your enemies, Psalm 18. He said, I want, to, I want you to vanquish all your enemies. I feel a bit compromised. I don't feel anointed. And, he, and, and, and then somehow it says in the scripture that he goes up the mountain of the Lord and he seeks repentance and he becomes blameless. And then he feels the anointing. And then the scripture says, uh, man, I can bend a bow of bronze. I feel like I can bend a bow of bronze. And, and he, I feel like my hands are trained for war, my fingers for battle, we used to sing in the 80s. Blessed be, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Oh, they were the good days down. I don't know how you're going to get your guitaring in on that one. No, they, well, they did. They did. It. They did. They did. C3 did it. Yeah. But... It's so true. Up the mountain, blameless before God, righteous before God, you feel anointed to pray. You feel anointed to do war in the heavenlies. You feel the spiritual war. Man, you feel the spiritual weapons that have been given to you to tear down Satan's, Satan's plans. Off your family, Jeff. Off your finances, Andrew. Off your marriage. But when you're not anointed and you don't feel like... And you know what they say, the bending of the bow of bronze? You know what that is now in the New Testament? That's the Holy Ghost. That's meaning that you can put the Word, the sword of the Lord, the Word of God in that bow, in the anointing, and then you can fire it and it finds its target. It finds penetration. It does what it's got to do. But when you haven't got the anointing, you're just praying. It just goes... Well, that didn't work. Yeah, I went to that prayer meeting. I was useless, man. I was praying. It was just, just like that. Just nothing. Just, nothing. Everyone was praying. It was going like a javelin. It was, man, they were striking nations. They were taking out strongholds. But my, just, and that's why people don't come to prayer. That's why, because it's demoralizing. I wouldn't come to a prayer meeting either if I thought my prayer wasn't happening. Anointed for war. One, is this, help me, Tim, is this one uh, Samuel 40? 2.13 is that what it says the Lord will march out like a mighty man like a warrior he will, he will stir up his zeal Isaiah yeah Isaiah 42.13 it sounds like Isaiah this is talking about being anointed for war the Lord will march out like a mighty man like a warrior he will stir up his zeal that zeal is the anointing with a shout he will raise the battle cry with a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. We need more insulation out there. <laughs> David, after he takes out the bear, after he takes out the lion, after he takes out Goliath, after he takes out the enemies of Israel, 
He's saying this sort of stuff. Man, Psalm 18.34, He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. I love that stuff. The anointing. We've got to focus on the anointing, not the devil. Uh, in the 80s, in the 90s even, we were focusing on the devil. No, don't focus on the devil. Focus on the anointing. Like we did last Sunday night when we came out and got anointed. Get the anointing on you. Once you get the anointing on you, you can serve in church. You can serve. You can pray. You can forgive. I had an incredible text this week. Someone texted me and said, you're, you're right or whatever, and said, I did mis, misread that person. Forgive me. Wow. What happened? I don't know. They must have ran into the anointing. Because until then... It, man, there was a bun fight of this person saying one thing and we said, no, that's not right. No, I reckon it's true. No, it's not right. And then she went, and he went, or she. <laughs> I'm not telling you. See, it's in the anointing where you can forgive people. It's in the anointing where you can pray. It's in the anointing where you can serve the church. I believe it's very hard to serve in the church without the anointing. Do you know what I'm saying? When you're anointed, you go, yeah, let me at that room. Is there any more paneling to do whatever. Romans 16.20, the Word of God says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I'm talking a bit of war here, I know, but it's, I'm, I'm talking about this spirit of passivity as opposed to this spirit of war and being active in our faith. Luke 10.19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That means he will protect you when you step out and begin to vanquish the enemy and begin to take... You know, if you're following Christ, listen to me, if you're following Christ, he's going to lead you into some battles. He's not, man, he's not going to say, oh, you, you, yeah, well, you better stay back. This, this is going to... No, he wants to lead the whole church into this fray of this battle to take ground for this church to take ground for people's souls to take ground for your community and your friends god is leading you into battle god is a god of battling and winning amen he's not a passive you know what as a kid i used to have this i've not even told julie this i've not, I've not hardly even told anyone this as a child I don't know if I was about five, six years of it. It was a repetitive dream for, a dream for just a little while. And it, it was like this. I was in this dream and... Yes. I was in this dream. I was in the spirit, brother. I was in this dream and it was like glass. It was like glass. It was like a sea of glass. And I remember feeling as a kid, this was the most tranquil. This was the most peaceful. This was the most beautiful feeling that you could ever feel and ever want. But as soon as I felt that and thought that, it all became standing on that glass. Then it became like turbulent. And I went, oh, this is terrible. Wish this would go away. Why can't it be smooth? That was so beautiful, and so. And I think, only realizing lately, I think, and when I read this scripture, 
Revelations 4, 6, and I haven't given to the guys. Before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. It says this in Revelations 4, 6. Before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. See, before God, there's no war. There's no anxiety. There's no problems. There's no stress. Before the throne of grace, it's just tranquility. He's the God of peace. And the God of peace, Jesus Christ, when He stilled that storm, when He was in the boat, and the disciples said, Don't you care for us? Look at the turbulence of life. Look at it. The Bible says, the Bible actually says, the roaring of the nations. The, the seas are roaring as a depiction of the nations at war. That's what, that's what the Bible says. And there is that war. There's a war around people's lives even. Doubt, unbelief. When people get around certain people, there's a war. <laughs> and then there's peace when they leave. The God of peace wants us to trample Satan's plans under our feet and bring peace. The God of peace will trample Satan under your feet. There is a war mode in you. Touch your kids, we're going to see the war mode activated in you. When your marriage is at risk, we're going to see the war mode activated in you. Maybe if someone tries to speak bad about this church, the war mode. But a passive spirit won't do that. An indifferent spirit won't do that. It shrinks away. And it pretends that it's going to be okay. But Jesus taught His disciples to have the authority that He gave them, the anointing that He gave them to go out and to do the work of the ministry and to take head on these wars around people's lives, whether they're demons, sickness, whatever. And I'm telling you, church, this overcoming lifestyle doesn't come easy. Getting rid of your love handles doesn't come easy. Living a disciplined, faith-filled life is not easy. God is calling you out of passivity. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. God is calling you to a place to engage and to war for your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Vicky, God's calling you, man, to war. To war. To actively engage. To use the spiritual weapons that God's given you in the power of the Holy Spirit and declare a line in the sand and say no more. That's what I did. Man, I had stuff on my life. I said, no way. In the name of Jesus Christ, I don't do that anymore. I don't think that anymore. I'm not that person anymore. I draw a line in the sand and I wore. When Jilly's finger was cut off at the top of a finger in a, in, a, in a door, internal door of a house, man, I went to war, man. She was about two years of age and my little nephew was wondering why the internal door wouldn't shut and then gave it a good old mighty heave and cut the top of her finger off. And I get to the hospital after driving through three red lights, of course, because you're in war mode. My baby girl is being injured. 
That love, that war mode was activated by a great love for my daughter. I drove through every red light to Westmead Hospital. I got there. They, the doctor, the first doctor said, you better off leaving it off. It's not going to work. It's just going to go black. I said, that buddy is going back on. That is go I, I was literally like that, and I was a quiet guy back then. I wasn't, I wasn't like this. I was, a, I was a feeble, frail. And I said, buddy, it's going back on. It's going back on. That storeroom's going in. That car park's going in. That finger's going back on. My marriage is going to be absolutely blessed. And it is. Because we warred. My soul will serve me well. It will prosper. I will pray. I will do my best on planet Earth. Despite the difficult circumstances that we live in, God says He's given me power to overcome. The Bible says I should hate what is evil. I should have the attitude of Christ. I hate what is evil. I come against it with the attitude of Christ. Christ in me. The love of God in me compels me to war for the church. I pray for this church every day. I pray for your soul every day. I war for it in my spiritual walks. I war for you, not with a passive spirit of indifference, but I war in the Holy Ghost. Let's all stand. God bless you. Oh, I've got so much to say. I've got to finish this tonight, Jules. I'm only halfway through, Dan. I've got some great scriptures to help you understand why you should not be settling with a passive spirit. Listen to me. You will be defeated if you allow a passive spirit to rule in your life. If you don't overcome the enemy, the enemy will overcome you. Listen to me. If you don't overcome that enemy in your life, that enemy will come after you and destroy you and overcome you. Trust me. If you don't overcome that, it will come after you. You've got to get rid of that passive spirit and you've got to stand in faith and declare and believe. Yes, Lord. I want to pray this prayer and I'm done. God has created the war mode so we can protect the people we love. God has created the war mode in us. It's the nature of God within us to go to war, to bring justice, to protect our people. You are not a passive believer you are a person of faith a spirit filled Holy Ghost trailblazer bringing the justice of God bringing healing to the nations bringing protection and salvation and I want to pray this prayer and let's pray this Lord I repent for not, for not loving people enough to fight for their well-being Jesus you fought for us and for the love of God, you gave your life to us. I pat my life after yours. Let my warfare be an expression of my love, both for you and my loved ones. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Right there, right now. There it is. There it is. And I tell you the truth. Anyone has faith in me will do what I've been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. See, you've got to understand, peace has a militant side to it. Peace has a militant side on a fallen planet. On a fallen planet. You know what? If Adam and Eve 
had this spirit, we wouldn't have been usurped by the plans of Satan. Do you know what? Even in paradise, there was a serpent. And you might think you're living in paradise, but you know what? Even in the beginning, there was a serpent living in paradise. There is a passive spirit in the church trying to attach itself to us. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I release it off this house. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. If Adam and Eve had activated their war spirit, their war mode, they would have come against Satan and rebuked him and cast him out of the garden. And it would have been done. We would have colonized this earth. And this earth would be like heaven by now. But we have succumbed to a passive spirit. We have come, we have succumbed to an indifferent spirit and said, it's not my fight, it's not my problem. But I'm telling you right now, God has given this church a burden. He's given you and I to stand up and fight. And I declare, this day we fight.